We're going to take a little bit of a journey through the book of Luke. You can go ahead and open up your Bibles. You don't, you don't have to stand up this morning. We're going to go through the book of Luke, just a, a, few, a, a few things through the book of Luke and look at the grand entrances of Jesus. Now you might say, well, this is the Easter season. You're going to be preaching about Christmas. You're going to be preaching about the death of Jesus. You're going to be, pre- you're going to be preaching uh, um, uh, about how he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. You're going to be preaching about how he ascended into heaven. But I want to tell you something. We're going to wrap this thing up at the end with the greatest grand entrance that Jesus is ever going to make into this world. And that is the grand entrance that he is going to make when the trumpet sounds and he is going to come back and split the eastern sky. I want to tell you something. Palm Sunday was a great Sunday. Palm Palm Sunday was a great thing when Jesus entered into the into the city of Jerusalem. But I want to tell you, there's going to come a day even greater, and that day is going to be called something else after it's after it's done and complete. Why? Because there are going to be still be people here that are going to give it a name because something miraculous is going to take place, brother Eddie. I believe it. There's going to be another holiday after you and I are dead and gone and we're raised up with in heaven with Jesus Christ. I believe there's going to be another holiday. There's going to be a people that have been, that are going to be left behind that are going to be wondering how in the world they can get back to a man named Jesus because after he split the eastern sky, they're going to have to name it something. Getting ahead of myself because I'm really feeling the joy of the Holy Ghost in my last point, so I'm going to start off with the first one. Grand entrances. Grand entrances. God could have chose just to have Jesus be born a normal birth in a hospital It could have been between a man and a woman. He could have done anything he wanted to do. But no, God chose things to happen in a great and a grandeur way. Why? It's so that we could recognize the fact that he was God. I want to tell you something. Jesus wasn't no no ordinary boy. He wasn't no ordinary baby. He wasn't no ordinary man. Jesus was something different. He was something special. He was something created by God himself. Uh, The Holy Ghost came down and, and and came upon Mary, and the Holy Ghost conceived a boy, and he was born. And then we go to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read just real quickly verses 1 through 7. If you could get that on the screen. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth and to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. I want to tell you something. There's something very specific that happened here. Jesus wasn't born just, just because a man laid with his wife and, and, and they begat a baby. No, this was something very miraculous that happened. And it, it, I mean, all of us know the whole story. I don't need to go all, all down the whole story but Jesus himself is not a carnal man like you and I Jesus himself was something of a divine nature Jesus didn't have to go out his whole life living the way he did he didn't have to live 30 years before he started his ministry he didn't have to do all that but he decided that he wanted to learn the ways that we uh, of, of man he wanted he wanted to be a God but he also wanted to be a man and he wanted to know what we went through he wanted to know what 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 we faced and the the trials and the temptations that we would go through. 
He wanted to learn a trade, how to do what his father did, being a carpenter. He wanted to learn how to teach in the synagogue. He wanted to learn all those things. But, but Jesus made a grand entrance. That, I, I, I just don't believe for one second that, that, that it, God would have had any kind of a glorification if Jesus would have been just down at the local doctor's office and, and a, a man and a wife would have went into the doctor's office and said, oh, you know, my time is complete. It is time for us to have a baby. And, and, and all of a sudden, Jesus is born. Nobody even knows about it. There's no star of the north. There's no three wise men. There's no, no, God had a specific plan in place. It wasn't to be just a normal thing going on. God is not normal. He doesn't do things in a normal way. I want to tell you something. This week before our Easter egg hunt, God didn't do things in a normal way. He did things in his own spectacular fashion. Why? Because that's who he is. He does things in spectacular fashion. Brother Eddie, I believe that when we have needs uh, that, that God comes to us in a spectacular fashion. I don't believe that, that it's normal for all of a sudden us to just go check our our, our, uh, our our mailboxes because we have a need and all of a sudden there's a check from somebody we don't even know in there. I want to tell you, that's not something normal. That's something spectacular from God. I want to tell you something. I, uh, yesterday we even said, um, Brother Nathan said, you know, we, we had a whole a whole thing of candy, uh, just a tote full of candy. We were kind of worried that we were even going to have enough candy. Nathan said, you know what, just like he fed to 5,000, that candy is going to go. We were able to give every kid candy and they came back for seconds and they... Uh, some of them maybe even came back for thirds. We ended up emptying all that out. All the kids went home with God doesn't do things in small ways. He does things spectacular. Look throughout the Bible. He, he raised people from the dead. He, uh, he, he brought people back to life. He, he saved them. He sanctified them, filled them with the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you something. God doesn't do anything small. Spectacular. Grand entrances. Jesus' birth was a grand entrance. Secondly, what other grand entrances? This is kind of where we're going to get on Palm Sunday a little bit. Go to Luke chapter 19. Jesus enters into Jerusalem. Luke chapter 19. Starting in verse 28. It says, When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass that when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it, just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners uh, of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they, they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they sat Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then, then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. 
But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. I'll tell you what was going on here. A lot of people don't even know this. Some people will go through their entire Christian lives and not understand the importance of Palm Sunday, what Palm Sunday was representing. Palm Sunday was representing the, the, day, the, the, the week before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something. There, there, was, there was something that was going on here on Palm Sunday. He said it came in the name of the Lord. Jesus was coming to give glory because this was going to be right around the area where he would, where he would be crucified and where he would be buried and he would, and he would be uh, res, uh, resurrected. I want to tell you something. God God, God, he orchestrates things. Jesus didn't want to just walk in there in the middle of his disciples. But no, he, he, he wanted to come in on a grand entrance. So he told him to go get a donkey, a donkey that had never been rode on. And he, he wanted him to bring it in. And uh, I'm not going to preach long. So if you want to go ahead and come back, come on back. I'm, I'm going to get to the last point. I kind of need the piano. It's a little better when you're up here. Grand entrances. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go through, through these rather quickly because I want to get to the last one. His birth was grand. His entrance on Palm Sunday was grand. There was something that took place there. Go with me to Luke chapter 23. This was something grand that Jesus did, that God did in Jesus. Jesus could have just died in his sleep. He could have just Went to sleep one night and never woke up. But there had to be something to take place so special. We all know the story. For this week, this whole week, between Palm Sunday and Easter, Jesus, a lot of things took place. He was taken before Herod and Pilate. He was condemned to die. But he wouldn't just die any normal death. He would be treated as though he was a thief. He was going to be treated as though he was a major sinner. They had committed a huge crime. Jesus did nothing. Brother Randy, he did nothing to deserve the way he died. Nothing. But you see, God had to do something spectacular in order for the world to see that Jesus wasn't something normal. So what, did, what, what, what happened here? He was brought before the crowd and they had to choose. They, they chose Barabbas to live and Jesus to die. Then they took him and they put him down to his knees around a little pole. They tied him to it. They took a cat of nine tails and the soldiers whipped him. As they, I, I believe that more than one soldier took lashes at him. I think it would have made him tired to keep on going. His flesh was ripped apart. For crowds to see. This was a spectacle. A grand entrance. Into the fulfillment of the law. You say. How are you talking about death as a grand entrance? It was Jesus' grand entrance. Into the fulfillment of the law. 
They nailed him to a cross. Took a spear, stuck it in a side, and crimson flowed. Blood and crimson, blood and water. Let's read it real quick. Luke chapter 23, verses 44 through 49. Now it was about the sixth hour. There was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. When Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. But I want you to notice next. It says, so when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man. Because he didn't die a normal death. Because he didn't enter into the fulfillment of the law normally. He was glorified. It was grand. I thought about talking about the resurrection, but Easter's next Sunday, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold off on that. Go with me to Luke chapter 24. We all know the Easter story, he died on the cross. On the third day, he rose again. But then there's another grand entrance that he makes. A few days later. This is called the ascension. He made his grand entrance into heaven. Sure, he could have just went from the tomb. He could have just said, you know what, I'm just going to go straight from the tomb and I'm just going to go on to heaven. But how would that have glorified God? Because you see, his disciples were confused and afraid and scared. So something had to take place in order for them to become the, new, the, 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 the martyrs of the church. Something, Brother Eddie, had to take place. Something grand, something spectacular, something marvelous had to take place. What better than to see Jesus As an angel. And to ascend to heaven like he did. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them. That he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. And returned to Jerusalem. With great joy. And were continually in the temple. Praising and blessing God. Grand entrances. Jesus during his life and death. Had several grand entrances. A grand entrance of coming into the world. Grand entrance on Palm Sunday. Coming into Jerusalem. A grand entrance into the fulfillment of the law and a grand entrance into heaven. But I want to tell you something that's going to happen that we haven't seen yet. And this is where I'm going to get a little happy. This is where I might get a little excited. 
Because you see, this is the race that I'm running. Church, this is the race that you're running. We are looking forward to the day when we hear that trumpet sound. We are looking forward to the day when we are going to see the eastern, eastern sky split wide open. We are waiting for the day when we see Jesus and the angels come down and take, a, and take up the, the old saints up first. And then those that are still living, they're going to take them up after. I want to tell you something. There's some, there's, there's going to be a final grand entrance. There's going to be a final Palm Sunday. But here's the thing. If you go back and study Jerusalem when Jesus came in, the Bible says that one of the reasons why they call it Palm Sunday as he rode in on the donkey, they would put palm leaves down from the palm trees. They would actually remove their outer garments and they would, and everywhere the donkey would go when they had no more palm leaves, they would actually take, out, take off their outer garments and they would lay it down. Why did they do that? Because they knew he was coming. And they knew that he was the son of God. Let me ask you a question today. Do you have your palm leaves ready? Do you have your outer garments ready today? Because there's going to come a day. Turn to Revelation chapter 19. John the Revelator saw many visions, and I want to read this. Just bear with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read more than what I have on there, so just, just bear with me. Go back, to, go back to verse 1 if you can for me. She'll catch up to me in a minute. Revelation chapter 19. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia. Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord. Our God. For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, Alleluia, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the twenty, listen, and the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. Verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as a sound of many waters, and as a sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. Give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. What am I talking about? The grand entrance is the marriage of the Lamb. The marriage of the Lamb that was slain. That's the day of Jesus' return. The bride has made herself ready. Who is the bride? It's the church. 
We're the church. Have you made yourself ready today? Verse 8, And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. This is where I wanted to get to right here, verse 11. Then John, seeing this vision, says, Now I saw heaven opened. Hmm. Are you getting excited yet? Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth grows a sharp sword, and with, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fear, uh, fierceness with wrath and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We can talk about all the grand things that God's done. We can talk about all the grand entrances that Jesus made when he was alive and at his death. But one thing, Brother Eddie, I like to talk about more than any other grand entrance is the one that has not happened yet. But there's going to come a day. Lord have mercy. Oftentimes I wish it would happen right away. There's going to come a day. You and I may not see it. Our children may not even see it. But there is going to come a day. There is going to be a generation that is going to see that very vision come forth. There is going to be a generation that is going to see the eastern sky split wide open. They're going to see Jesus come riding on a white horse. They're going to see Jesus who's followed by a host of angels, a host of soldiers riding on horses with sword in hand that are getting ready to fight the final battle, getting ready to fight the final Armageddon. Now, let, me, let me tell you something. I get a little bit excited. Excited. I get a little bit of joy going on in my spirit. I get, a, I get a little bit of goosebumps going on in my body when I know, because I know without a shadow of a doubt that on that day when Jesus comes, should, should I still be on this earth, that I'm going to see him face to face. I'm going to see the glory of the Almighty God. Let me tell you something. It's going to be the grandest entrance we've ever seen. It's going to be even greater than being, being conceived by the Holy Spirit. It's going to be even greater than him coming in on a Palm Sunday. It's going to be even greater than him fulfilling the law it's going to be even greater than him as a as an angel ascending into heaven why because he's coming back for you and for me no longer are we going to have to worry about the struggles of life that we're dealing with now 
No longer are we going to have to struggle with offenses against the church. No longer are we going to have to struggle with offenses against ourselves. No longer are we going to have to struggle with, with failed marriages and, 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 and uh, upset fruit baskets for no, no, lack, no lack of better terms. Our life is going to change forever. There's going to be no more crying. There's going to be no more pain. There's going to be no more walkers. No more wheelchairs. No more gurneys. No more ambulances. There's not going to be any more doctors. No doctor's offices. There's not going to be anything else but Jesus and God sitting on the throne. And we're going to have a mansion built there for us. I want to tell you something. There is going to be a grand entrance. Stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know why the Lord wanted this message to go this way, but he did. <laughs>